Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm really excited about today's guest. Uh, been long overdue to, to have him on, but we've been uh, reimagining our studio situation since I moved to the Midwest. And so um, we're, we're catching up on some old friends and new friends that have been kind of backlogged and waiting to, I've been wanting to have onto the podcast. So uh, today we, we're going to have John Cooper on the bassist, lead vocalist of Skillet, which if you're, if you're under... If you're under 30, you probably probably headbanged pretty hard at youth group, you know, ex acceptable headbanging, of course, um, maybe acceptable Christian mosh style or something like that. Uh, and uh, Skillet, a wonderful Christian band that many of you are familiar with if you if you grew up in Christendom as a young whippersnapper in America. And in my opinion, probably one of maybe three men that I can count on one hand, um, that actually preaches the full counsel of God and uses their talent, skills, and the platform God's given them as an artist and musician to actually be salt in the culture um, and not just pay lip service to whatever is socially acceptable in a culture of death. And so we're going to talk about all things culture of death and wokeism and courage and Christianity um, and how God has kind of raised up John in this moment. But um, uh, we're going to dive into a whole bunch more. Uh, stick around. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm Seth Gruber and this is Unaborted. Welcome back to the show today, guys. Before we bring in John Cooper of Skillet to bless us and fire you up, we want to tell you about our exclusive sponsor of Unaborted right now, that is Every Life, Every Life Diapers. Every Life is America's pro-life diaper company, baby, uh, baby intentionally. Every major diaper company in America supports or funds the abortion industry. How freaking weird and kooky is that? They literally fund the slaughter of babies in the womb while selling diapers to parents and grandparents and nieces and nephews and aunts and uncles who are buying diapers for their loved ones for unborn babies who have not been born yet. So they're profiting off of the lives of the unborn while funding the slaughter of the unborn. You can't make some stuff up. It's time to shop in alignment with your values. You can't defeat a culture of death by funding the very culture of death that you whine about and complain about. Take your dollars and spend it with Every Life Diaper. The only premium baby brand that is unapologetically pro-life with high-performing, supremely soft diapers and wipes that protect and celebrate every miraculous life. Go to everylife.com and use promo code SETH10, S-E-T-H-10, SETH10, for 10% off your order at everylife.com. All right, John Cooper, brother, thank you for joining the show today. We appreciate it. Great to be with you. I'm glad we got to uh, come chat this time. We've been talking about it for about a year. That's what yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 since then, you came out with uh, with one of your newer books. Although I think you already have another one coming out. Um, but but before we dive into all that, brother, um, I just want to tell you, man. Like between you and Sean Foyt, um, maybe one or two others. I I can't think of any other big name. Uh, Christian artists, musicians, um, who actually speak, who actually use their voice and say, we're murdering babies, we're chopping off the genitalia of children, we're normalizing pedophilia, you got dudes getting off sexually by dressing in lingerie and reading books at the library, 
the CDC just said, hey, healthcare providers, not only do you need to help men develop breasts if they're women, but you need to help them excrete a substance so they can get off sexually by feeding an infant because they want to feel like a mommy. And I'm sorry, where are the Christian artists? who God has given talents and skills and platforms to, who who are being like Gideon, who are being like Ezekiel, who are being like David. Um, most of them, they're like Lot, in my opinion, brother. They 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 go to, they go out to the mob and they go, hey, uh, brothers and sisters, and they try to relate to the sexualized mob that wants to have sex with angels. Hey, brothers and sisters, don't do this evil thing. Don't do it. Okay, here are my daughters. You can rape them instead. Um, and, and when when the trumpet calls and when it's time for the worshipers to lead God's people against evil and for life. They fold like a cheap suit. And so I just want to tell you, brother, someone who's been so frustrated with, with Christian influencers with big platforms who never use it for righteousness. I just want to say, brother, and I'm sure you get this a lot and you're a humble dude, but I just want to tell you, it's a breath of fresh air, man. It's a breath of fresh air. And, and, and I'm proud of you. And I hope others follow in your wake, man. So thank you. Well, that's, that's very kind. Thank you. Um, and of course that was a monologue that only Seth Gruber could do. It's, uh, it's, it gets a little crazy. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, look, I, I think it is frustrating. Uh, nobody's more frustrated about it than I am. Um, having right. said that, I, I, you know, I will say sometimes I feel bad. Uh, I don't mean I'm, I don't mean that I feel bad for for Christian artists. I don't, I don't think feel bad is the right word, but I know where they're coming from. They mm. grew up in a time when Christianity was not hated like it is now. A, a lot has changed in the last six years. A lot has changed, mm. and they kind of felt like, "Hey, I I, I want to make my art. I want to glorify God. I don't want to mm. get involved in politics. I don't want to get involved in." Uh, the culture war and yada, yada, as well as this. And I'm not making excuses for anybody. I'm just trying to be as charitable as I can. Yeah, yeah. A lot of musicians are sort of like, uh, they're even worse than evangelists when it comes to theology. <laughs> I don't mean that as mean as it sounds, no, but totally. in other words, they're, they're not theologians. They don't really understand uh, how, how the gospel applies to your everyday life how do i speak truth to the world i don't really know i just i want to sing a worship song and 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 they've never been trained in that and so they don't know what to do and so nobody's more frustrated than i am but sometimes i i, I do go off on the christian music industry a lot by the way but sometimes i go you know what maybe instead of beating those people up maybe let's beat up their pastors <laughs> because who is train? Who is training these people? A lot of them are are extensions of their own churches. So a lot of them, in other words, they are worship artists that their own churches go. Hey, we're we're sending you out to the world to be, as you say, salt and light. Well, why aren't you training these people? Because they they don't even know what salt and light means. They think Come on. that just being in the world makes them salt. But that's not <laughs> what salt actually like. I'm here. That's I'm not here. the Bible. Uh, I yeah, thought, I thought that's what salt meant, John. <laughs> exactly. They're like, I make the world taste good. We're like, that's not really what salt means, you know. So, um, uh, yes, it is. It is very, very disheartening to a degree that 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 I would not be able to express to you. And I've I've been trying hmm. over the last year to reach out to some of the artists. I. I like, let's just say, for instance, hypothetically, whatever artist, you know, X, Y, or Z Christian artist posts something on their social media. Instead of me 
blasting them <laughs> instead of me saying, I'm sorry, mm. this isn't what the Bible says. I've been trying right. to, to DM them and say, Hey, uh, this is what the Bible says about this. But, but I will tell you 99% of the time, what I get back from them is that they are not actually um, ignorant. They, they, they already mm. know my argument. They have already gone down the progressive Christianity pathway because they've been watching all these videos on YouTube and whatnot. And they that's the path they're going down. And until the Christian music industry, I'm talking about radio, um, the people that work at labels, the, the radio promoters. I mean, the people that are promoting Christian music to, to the stations. Yeah. I think that these people, these people are either apostate or wow. un unrecognizable as Christians. Yep. And yep. so it's a really dark time. We've got to train this next generation of musicians, not just in that Jesus died for you and rose from the dead and wants to yep. get you to heaven, but in an actual Christian worldview, this is what mm. it means to be a disciple of Christ. Hmm. That's so I, 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 okay. That's, that's, that's so good, bro. I, I want to ask you um, like, if you were teaching or preaching on um, like art and music and worship from a Christian perspective, um, like what would you teach if like in some crazy la la land, like this would never happen, but like imagine for a second, Ed Stetzer reached out to you, uh, the, the new Dean of Talbot University who, who says, if you love your neighbor, you have to get the jab. Um, and, uh, and he said, Hey, come, come talk about Christianity and culture, um, and art, music, worship. Um, like what would you start correcting and getting the, gosh, I'm so tempted to say names, bro. Um, getting some of the Christian <laughs> musicians and worship artists who are, um, uh, you know, silent would be the nicest way to describe them. Um, to start getting their kind of blinders off their eyes. Like mm. where, where is it bad theology? Is it, or is it just pure cowardice? How do we make sense of it? Or is it a little bit of both? Like, how would you start diagnosing it? Um, Cause you think, you see like, you think of like Jericho, right? Like they're worshiping, it's warfare. They're walking around the buildings. God comes through, boom, the walls fall down. You know, like, uh, or, or the reverse, they're worshiping pagan idols they're sacrificing children. Uh, it's not pure and undefiled worship religion. And so God says, I'm giving you over to be ruled by those who hate you. Screw you. You can go be ruled by a different people and king because I told you to stop killing my children. I told you to stop bowing down to idols. So I'm done. You can be ruled by people who hate you. Like, And, and so like worship's always played this like central role right in the people of God and really worships more than just singing a, a psalm. Obviously it's like, it's stewardship. It's, it's, it's your body is a sacred temple and you worship him and how you live. Like wh what's John Cooper, Christianity and culture 101. Like how yeah. would you start getting artists and mu and musicians out of that miry pit and, and getting them back on the right path? Yeah. Well, I mean, case in point, first of all, we'd have to, kick Ed Stetzer in the gonads. That's how, I think that's the first thing of this little story, you know, because you got, you got Stetzer and, and Russell Moore and a lot of others saying they think that they are the ones that, that is, that is reaching the culture. And 
So you got to start with that because they are not reaching the culture. All they are mm. doing is amening the culture. They're saying wow. we're on your side, except we believe in a transcendent God, but we agree with you on basically <laughs> everything else. You know, so I think that we start there. They, these these leaders, uh, I, I and sometimes people call them Big Eva. Sometimes That's they right. call them the regime Christianity. I don't know what you want to call them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. these elites. Um, I actually think that they've been a large part of the problem because they have truncated Christianity into some, into something yep. that's very truncated. And then they basically just, you know what I, what I wrote in my new book, I said that they are proving themselves to be nothing more than secular humanists with Bible degrees. That's what they are. Yep. They're super duper smart, but they're secular humanists. They just want the world to like them. So with the musicians, I would say, first of all, don't listen to those people. And I would say, to the musicians, we have to recapture what it means to be a disciple of Christ. Do you know what a privilege it is mm. to lead God's people in worship? Wow. Uh, do, what a privilege it is to lead God's people in worship. Uh, God puts, we see in the Old Testament, he puts the, the worshipers on the front lines That's as right, we, yeah. we glorify, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. we don't fight in our own strength. We, we, the Lord fights for us and we fight alongside of him in the power of the Holy spirit, but being in a band, writing songs that glorify God being actual salt and light to the culture is an incredible privilege. So I think that we got to number one, we have to, um, like, for instance, I'm, you deal with this all the time. I'm sure probably more than me, but people will say like, I'm a, I, I posted something this week and somebody's like, I used to respect you because you were about the gospel and now you're about politics. And and I said, yeah, dude, yeah. I said, I was talking about the bill in California that <laughs> Democrats refused to pass that would make child trafficking a felony. Yeah, if yeah. you think that that's nothing more than a political issue, then I think you're the one confused about what, the, <laughs> what it means to live for Jesus. And so – I don't think that everybody has to agree with me on everything, but there is this element of if you're going to actually be salt and light to the world, you have to understand the world's not going mm -hmm. to like you. I don't mm -hmm. think that every Christian artist needs to speak on every Christ, every culture war issue. I don't mind if they don't speak on, on those kind of things, but we're at a point now when, when the silence is becoming um, quite deafening and it, it's, it's kind of like a, all right, wait a minute. What is it going to take? But yeah, before you say enough is enough, like for me, yeah. I right. finally started speaking out a few years ago because I it, it finally hit my enough is enough line. Maybe I should have even earlier. I don't, don't know. But at the point That's in which good. you are not allowed to say that a man cannot become a woman yeah. at the point in which you are not allowed to, to say go to church to, to go to church. <laughs> Exactly, because of a lockdown. And at the same point, as the state is telling you you can't go to church, when fellow Big Eva is telling you you may not go to church, when yeah. Russell Moore and Ed Stetzer and that whole group are telling you that to love your neighbor actually means staying in your house for the next 10 years and getting 25 <laughs> shots. Yeah. At that point, I'm like, okay, somebody's got to say something somewhere. So I don't know. I think that that's where I would start with Christian musicians. But I think we have a very – we're at a really serious uh, point in the church where I, I truly believe that people don't know what mm -hmm. it means to follow Jesus, and uh, we got to do a better job. So um, 
John, I like I like how um how Doug Wilson says it. He says um all of Christ for all of life. Yep. Which is so good. You know, I mean, it's kind of like a, a simplistic version of like the full counsel of God, but it's like it, it's like you know if 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 a dude predicted and pulled off his own resurrection um and then and then came back you know everything he says ch- matters and and everything he tells you to do like not only should you better do like you'd be kind of excited to do because you're like <laughs> this dude this dude just like actually did it like that's freaking crazy um but but we've bifurcated our faith in America and we've compartmentalized it and we've truncated it. I think that was actually the phrase you use. We've truncated it. Um, and so it, it, it now, thanks to the spell of the Johnson amendment now, it, a re, like pure faith, you know, humble contrite faith just actually is cowardice. It's, it's right. not, it's not peaceful. It's not winsome. It's that you actually, you're just a coward. Because y- you'll only speak as much truth as the spirit of the age allows you. That's um, totally true, brother. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I, That's totally true. Do you mind if I jump in here? Please. I got something to say that that, that I hope people will like. I know you'll like it. <laughs> I said, <laughs> uh, look, Nietzsche, Nietzsche says it like this. I, and I can't give you the, the proper full quote, okay? But this is basically what Nietzsche said. He says, we have been attacking Christianity in all the wrong ways. We've been trying to convince people that Jesus did not raise from the dead. He's not the son of God. We've been, we've been attacking Christianity as a, as a truth proposition that isn't actually true. And in the end, who cares if people believe it's true? We need to attack Christianity at its mm. moral foundation. It's Christianity's morals that are the problem. Who cares if people believe Jesus rose from the dead or if, if there's wow. little space aliens created the earth or little right. golden fairies. Nietzsche's saying it doesn't actually matter. It is the morals of Christianity. And I think the Christian musicians, I do think they're, uh, I don't think for, I don't think this is fair for everybody. There is an, an element of cowardice there. I think that's probably true, but for others, I think they still believe a lie. And I think Mm. the lie that they believe is that the world and us pretty much want the same things. They just don't believe in the truth proposition of Jesus. But but they're living in a, they're living as if it's like the year 2002, because in the year 2002, America was still kind of Christianized. And I never met anybody in the, in the rock and roll industry ever in the late nineties and the early two thousands who was, who said I'm all about sex and drugs and in fact that's actually virtuous. I never met anybody that thought I'm going to have an abortion and I'm going to be proud of it and I'm going to shout my abortion. I never met anybody that said actually if you think about it abortion is actually an act of mercy and love and it's actually a good thing. I never met anybody that said that people knew that what they were doing was not actually virtuous. But, but they made a decision that that's what they wanted. They wanted yeah. to choose that. And mm. I, I at least have some respect for hedonists. Like they're, they're <laughs> honest about their sin. And I'm like, right, I get right. it. There, there's a passing pleasure of sin. You don't have the spirit of God in you and you're fulfilling your nature. And if you knew how great Jesus was, 
then you'd you'd get a new nature and you would want to begin to fulfill a righteousness and you would begin to hate wickedness, but you don't know Christ. So I get it. Now we're living in a time where the music industry says, actually, sex and all the sex you could ever have with whoever you want to have it or whatever you want to have it with is actually all really good and it's going to set you free and it's going to be a good thing. Drugs, drugs are really good if that's what you want to do. In fact, it might even give you an expanded view of the world. So you're not such a, I mean, look, look at, look at what, if you think we don't believe that, then why are like 80% of our kids in America on anxiety medication and also, I mean, we are medicating these kids up the wazoo. So what we're dealing with now is an is an industry who hates the mm-hmm. ways of God. They're like Nietzsche. They're saying, I, you, you can believe in Jesus if you want to, but don't touch my morals. And they have mm-hmm. exchanged good for evil. And then you have Christian musicians that are still going, yeah, but I think that we want the same things. It's, they don't wow. they don't understand they're the world is going to hate you now in a way they did it then. You need to make your music to glorify God. And if the world hates you for it, good, you'll be rewarded for it in heaven. Somebody say amen in the back. <laughs> amen. <laughs> that's good, brother. That's good. Um, you know, what's interesting about Nietzsche that since you just said that, actually, um, I've been uh, studying for a new talk and I, I, I was looking at some Nietzsche and it's true. He he wanted to kind of eradicate this idea of God. Um, he didn't like the the um, uh, the fundamentalist, uh, outdated uh, Christian morals that people had to be held accountable to from some sky daddy. Um, and yet he understood and recognized. This is so fascinating. This is true of a lot of atheists, by the way, too. Um, that, that there's no there's no concept of human equality without Christianity. Um, is really interesting. He he actually said he said um, that the Christian concept that is passed even more deeply into the tissue of modernity is the concept of the equality of souls before God. This concept furnishes the prototype of all theories of equal rights. And, right. and then you've got Richard Rorty, this famous atheist, Richard Rorty, John, who says uh, he calls himself, wait for this, he calls himself a f- freeloading atheist, a free <laughs> a freeloading atheist. You know yeah. why? Because he can't furnish a, a foundation for human equality and objective human rights. So he says, I reach over to our Judeo-Christian <laughs> neighbors yeah. and I borrow the concept of the sanctity of life. Um, even though I can't ground it myself. (laughs) Well, this is what's so crazy is that what you have are some philosophers admitting that they have to reach over and freeload off of Christianity, which is a great phrase, by the way, (laughs) at the same time. Now, wait for this, Seth. At the same time as modern Christians in 2023 are embarrassed of our own Bible. We're embarrassed of the moral impositions of yep. the God who created. We're like, yeah, Christianity has done some bad thing. We're constantly <laughs> like apologizing for God while you've got atheists going, well, I don't like the Bible. I think it's all ridiculous, but I have to admit some pretty good ideas led to some pretty good <laughs> civilizations. And this is one of the things that, that really irritates me. I mean, I just think that Christians, we need to gain back our moral confidence. Why wouldn't right. why wouldn't we be confident 
about what the Bible says because our God is moral. He's the one that defines the terms. He is infinitely holy, infinitely righteous. He's the one that gives us the terms. We should be confident about that. And I really do wish that, that wow. I really do wish the church would be unabashedly unashamed of the moral standards of the Bible, because it has led to flourishing all over the West and the entire world has been blessed because mm-hmm. of the Christian worldview. That's good. That's so good. Um, I've been reading some of, um, uh... R.J. Rushduni, John, he's the father of the modern homeschool movement. And um, I don't know if I've ever heard someone put it quite so well before, but what what he's talking about is kind of what is kind of the idea we've been flirting around, actually. We're, we're kind of now coming into the center of this idea that we've been saying, but not really saying. And that is this. Um, there is no such thing as moral neutrality. Um, if you stand in the middle of the road, you'll get run over by a truck. And the question is not, will there be a dominant morality or religion that dictates, um, the standards of the public square? The question is whose, not if there will be, but whose there historically, that's always how it's been. Um, nature abhors a vacuum. Uh, moral neutrality is a myth. You can tuck it away with Santa Claus and the tooth fairy. Um, and so (laughs) Rush Dooney put it like this, and I think you'll like this brother. He said, dominion does not disappear when a man renounces it. It is simply transferred to another party, perhaps to his wife, children, employer, or the state, where the individual surrenders his due dominion, where the family abdicates it and the worker and employer reduce it. There, another party, usually the state, concentrates that dominion, where organized society surrenders power, the mob gains it, proportionate to the surrender. Rush Dooney's such a boss. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and uh, and and he and he's dead right. Uh, I I literally um, went to lunch with my son today. My son turns eighteen this week. I don't know when this is, but uh, this is filming. Awesome. But he turns eighteen any day now, and he's he's a very smart kid. Loves the Bible. We went to lunch, and we were literally having this discussion and i said it's just so funny that you're quoting rush rush duty um <laughs> i i said to him i said the problem uh his name is xavier we call him zave so i said the problem is this zave what you're going to have to understand you're becoming a man and you're he's an influential kind of kid because he loves the bible and and he's a real disciple of of, of christ i said we have to understand is that you understand zave that you're either going to choose God's way hmm. or you're going to choose the devil's way. And the devil's way sometimes could be called humanism. It could be called a whole bunch of different things. And the problem is, is that Christians do not like that. They don't like it when you say things like this because they're wow. gonna, they are they think you're extreme and they think that you're making all these like, oh, okay, so if I don't think that everything God says is this, then I'll, oh, so I'm a, I'm a humanist now, huh? And, and, and there's no compromise and you're never willing to listen to another side. And yeah. I said, I said, Zave, you're going to have to get used to this because he wants mm. to go to Bible college and stuff. And in his mind, he's like, well, if, if God doesn't build the house, then it's, it's going to fall down. And I'm like, Yes, that's what the Bible says, but a lot of Christians don't believe it. And so now what happens is you have a secular religion. Let's just – I call it secular humanism. I don't know if that's the best word for it. So you have a secular religion, atheistic religion, who is much more, much more convinced of their ideas 
than yeah. Christians are of our ideas we have in the Bible. Because we're yeah. like, well, I don't want to be too extreme. The secular religion wants to be very extreme. And they believe that they can only enter their paradise wow. after they kill God, after they kill as you said, uh, the, the the image of Christ on the earth, I think that's how Marx and, and Nietzsche kind of repeated. We got to kill this image. That's Nietzsche, or Nietzsche wow. as the smart people say, when when he says that God, you know, God is dead. What he means is, is that, well, we don't believe in God anymore. Why are we keeping all this Christian type stuff around like morals? Because we got to get rid of them. So what they what mm. they don't understand is that if the secular religion is more convinced of their religion than Christians are of ours, then we are going to end up trying some third way option, which is what Rush Dooney is saying doesn't exist. Yeah. Neutrality is a myth. We're going to try a neutral option. And then guess what happens? The church just keeps getting pulled left and left and left. And then before you know it, you hardly have any Christian churches that will stand up and say, actually, abortion is murder. Mm. Actually, drag queens at the public school. Sorry, David French. That is not a blessing of liberty. That is, blessing of liberty. That, that's what David French says. It's a blessing of liberty. I don't care how smart people are. They can be dumb if they once they ignore the Bible, okay? Yeah. Um, so David French is a very smart intellectual man, much smarter than me. He just clearly doesn't have wisdom. That is, that is a stupid wow. thing to say. So what you're looking at is, no, Drag Queen Story Hour is not – a blessing of liberty. <laughs> These are things the church has to stand up against. And then you have the church saying, actually, we it's fine to lock down for two years because what is it that Rick Warren said? Rick Warren said, it's not like the government's going to force you to take something that's actually going to hurt you. <laughs> I'm, like, right. I'm like, what? I mean, honestly, Rick Warren, I'm not being a jerk, but like, I bet the Jews have something different to say about that. <laughs> you know, I, I bet the Russians have something different to say about that. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, and the Cubans, I mean, this is absolutely insane. So don't, don't get me started, but that's a great quote from Rush Dooney. I have a quote yeah. from Rush Dooney in my upcoming book that says something to the effect of every, every system of law has a God, even an atheist system has a God, wherever you look for your law, there your God is. And I thought yeah. that was pretty smart. Yep. Yep, bro. Yep. Um, so that the, the title of my new talk I've been working on is it comes from a phrase that Cardinal Manning told a young um, Hilaire Balak. Um, and he told him all human conflict is ultimately theological. All human conflict is ultimately theological. Um, because when you talk about politics, okay, um, you're actually talking about applied morality, right? Like, yes. how do we apply moral principles to the public square? Because we all got to live together. It's a constitutional republic. But when you talk about applied morality, you're actually just talking about moral principles or morality in general. Um, but when you talk about morality, you're actually assuming certain things about um, anthropology. Um, what does it mean to be a human? Um, what, what makes us different from the species? I mean, Darwin told, said it was nothing that we were, we were just like animals. Uh, so you, you, you have to assume certain things about anthropology. What does it mean to be a human in order to assume certain things about morality, but to talk about anthropology, assume certain things about ontology, 
right? Uh, what can we know? Can we know anything? <laughs> right. Right. Or, 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 or is objective truth somewhere hidden out there, John, but we're hidden behind our sense perceptions, right? So we can't really access truth. But to talk about ontology means to assume certain things about theology. Uh, you know, wh where does truth come from? Whose idea is this? Why do we have a moral compass? Um, wh why do we use the language of good and evil and, uh, and, and beauty and ugly and objective realities? Like packed within our political debates are, 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 are layers of assumptions um, that ultimately go back to theological and religious questions. Man can't get away from that. And so I think the way you put it is so good. Every, every law or government or system of law or, or ideology has a God and, and, and we can't help but live religiously. So the left has sacraments, the vaccine and abortion and transgenderism, and it's a rebirth. They're literally remaking themselves in their own image by chopping up their bodies. And then if you call them by their old name, they'll say, well, you're dead naming me. I mean, like, they're, it's, like it's like overtly religious language. Um, and so I, I'm just so grateful that, that you see that and that you're waking people up to that, brother. Um, Duke, can you tease uh, can you tease your new book, man? What you what you what what's the Lord have you working on right now? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was originally going to come out actually in July. And um, long story short, we pushed it back into uh, fourth quarter. It's it's finished. But um, because of skill it was releasing some other music and tours it just was getting like it was too it was too much and i just felt like the lord going hey there's no hurry wait for a few more months you know stop stop nice. stop stress and i really think that it was the right thing to do honestly because i got to add a few more things that have happened recently uh for instance yeah. the 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 la dodgers drag queen night you know i think things like this were such incredible examples of the things we're talking about. So the book is going to come out fourth quarter. Um, it's called wimpy weak and woke. And uh, the subtitle <laughs> is um, how truth can save us from utopian destruction. That's the, <laughs> the, the, the subtitle. That's so well titled. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're just going down to a bad place, but I do think that, you know, what, one of the things that I'm trying to talk about in the book is how secular humanism has so infected the church and 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 what you just said the the monologue you just gave if you will kind of want to piggyback on that a little bit because i mean it actually ties into what we talked about earlier about about christian musicians and stuff and and i want to be really clear i'm not trying to beat up on all christian musicians i honestly think there's a lot of ignorance involved i think a lot of christian musicians are like i was 10 years ago uh, not 10, 14 years ago, hmm. which was like, I want to preach the gospel. I want to tell people that God loves them. I don't want to get involved in politics and blah, blah, blah. As you just mentioned, all politics is, is just morality applied. But I didn't know that. You see, I was like, I think most Christians in this country now, I didn't know the Bible had anything to say about politics. I thought we were wow. just supposed to figure that out on our own. And, and so once you start saying that the Bible doesn't have something to say about X, Y, or Z, what you're actually saying is, is that mankind has got to find our own way. Mm -hmm. that, like all of Christ for all of life, well, doesn't really apply if you have X, Y, and Z uh, that, that, that Christ has nothing to say about. And so, right. you know, as I was looking at that, you know, I was reading a book and it's it was called um, Generous Justice, 
which is a Tim Keller right, book. Tim Keller. Yeah. yeah, Tim Keller. That's right. And he has a a line in it when he says basically that all people, Christian or not, all people have common intuitions about justice. And he's making the case that we Christians need to not think of ourselves as having some sort of special idea about justice or this or the other, because all humans do. And so we should be able to join together. And I don't want to get, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I, I very much disagree with, with Keller on that um, because then you're getting into sort of a big debate between uh, Thomas Aquinas and, and, and Van Til and people like that. Really. I am on the, the presuppositional side of that, that debate, but I'm, but but I don't hate the, the Thomas debate uh, side of it, to be honest. I think there's some natural law things that are really important, and I'm open to that. But what I think happened is that there was an entire generation of, of Christians that were trained under that sort of idea of we need to be joining with the world because we're not that much different than them. Yes, we have a Savior, and they don't have the Savior, but other than that, all of our thoughts are kind of exactly the same or, or pretty much the same. And the reason that that kind of thinking, well-intended, I, I truly believe absolutely well-intended, that don't work in the 2020s. And I try to, to lay this out throughout the book to say, when you're mm -hmm. at the point, when Christians say that, that the killing of the unborn is, is murder, and the other side is saying, no, it's not, it's justice, at the point in which we are saying it's it's child abuse to allow your eight-year-old son mm -hmm. to call himself Sally and begin dressing him in clothes and begin giving him injections to put stuff in his body to try to stunt his um, you know testosterone and, all, and yada, 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 leading up to a surgery to cut off his genitals. That is a hateful thing to do. But the other side yeah. says, no, no, no. It's your you Christian are the one that is hateful because they don't believe in they don't believe in the the physical world. They don't believe in objective reality. They don't believe there's yeah. any transcendent meaning. And so me and you could keep going. We could list 30 or 40 other things. But my point in the book and what I want to get across so the listeners good. right now is that I, we don't have common intuitions of justice, especially mm. when the world has literally lost their minds. And God, I believe wow. God has given them over to a strong delusion because they loved, they did not love the truth. They reject the truth and they love what is evil and they call it good. And cr we Christians have got to wake up and say, sorry, we don't have, we don't, we don't agree. Sorry, yeah. sorry, not sorry. We don't agree. And out of love for you, I'm going to speak the truth that could end your chaos. So good. Um, wow, John. Um, I call them, um, I got this term from someone else. I call them lexographic molesters and logogogs. Um, that is, that, both of those sayings are above me. I do not know what <laughs> any of that means. <laughs> so logogogs, word tyrants word tyrants oh because they change language all the time is that what they you mean re redefine everything yes. right so logogogs and lexographic molesters right referring to like the lexicon and, and language uh, that's what these people <laughs> that's what these people have done that's what yes. they've done to, to, to words i mean what did what did um responsible used to mean when we when we would use mm. the word responsible it'd be like yeah i can i can trust you 
you're a moral person, you're, yeah. you're a man of your word. Now the word responsible refers to whether you wore a condom or not. Right. right. Like, right. Yes. We, we, we used to use the word healthcare, and, and that had certain assumptions about like, do no harm and the Hippocratic oath and like moral truths. Um, and now healthcare means you, you chopped your, your, your 12 year old girl's breasts off and you murdered a baby. Um, like what, and that, those are just two examples. Like, obviously, they've done this with everything. They've redefined everything. Yes. And, of course, like <laughs> George Orwell in 1984, he kind of wrote that as a warning, not as a manual, and it's kind of become a manual. <laughs> um, but he's like, every word has been redefined. Every book has been rewritten, right? And the, and the party's yes. in control. But, like, what you said would just, like, just hit me like a ton of bricks. It's so good, John, because what we have to recognize, though, is that is that – the seeds of this now impossible to impossible to be neutral public square were planted a long, long time ago. That there is always a dominant religion. There is always a dominant standard. The question is not will there be, but whose. But we fell under the delusion of thinking that prior to the sexual revolution, there was some way to find common ground or to kind of just focus on evangelism and not culture building, kind of just focus on discipleship and not city building that like that, that your, your public theology isn't, is just an outgrowth of your private faith, that, that your, your faith spurs you on towards love and good deeds. And so we treated the church as a hospital, John, right? And we, we have a gutty buddy who just joined. He's joining the White Rose Resistance. And this dude floored me. He told me, Seth, he's, he's been reading about Kinsey and the whole sexual revolutionary cabal. And he's like, Seth, I see it now. He's like, I've been treating the church as a hospital while I've been doing evangelism and trying to get souls saved. And he's like, what the, he's like, now I see it. We've just been picking up human heartache that we helped create. Because we weren't applying our righteous and holy and godly ideas into the public square to build the public square. Why? To, to honor women, to honor marriage, to protect children, to yes. protect the social fabric, to, to, to get that little pedophilic little, little demonic tyrant who would like to grab your daughter to urinate himself when he approaches you because there's a man with a chest in charge of that family because we protected marriage and we've ensured that laws that, that, that punish rape and pedophiles and sex crimes are taken seriously. But we had allowed the left to deteriorate those laws functioning off of their own religion. And now we're reaping the consequences of our fundamentalist private faith, our spiritual faith that wasn't built, focused on culture building. That's and so right. Voltaire, John, Voltaire said – those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. Or to quote Tommy Lassell's in The Crown, it's in the small things that the rot grows. Do the wrong thing once and it's easier to do it again. And, and we, we failed to appropriate that faith in the public square. And now Christians are like, what's happening to the culture? What's happening? What the hell are you talking about? You've been bench warming. For 50 decades, Bride of Christ in America, now you're bitching and moaning about the culture that you built. And so and so I, I, just, I can't wait for your book to come out. I can't wait for people to read it. I hope we can get in the in the hands of lots of pastors because uh, this is all of Christ for all of life. This is what resistance looks like. And I'm just so grateful for you leading the way, brother, in this new season.
Well, that's really kind. I appreciate it. It's great to chat with you. And I, I by the way, I totally agree with that assessment. I mean, that's kind of, uh, I mean, that's right down my alley. What, what I what I really think it comes down to is that Christians, we don't believe that that the Bible is the best way to live or else we would want people to know, you know, and, and so one of the things I, I, I say in the book is that we believe that Jesus can save souls, but not civilizations. We think civilizations have to be, that has to be solved by man because God's ideas apparently don't work. And I think we have a church now wow. who actually believes that Christianity has not been a good force for the world. They basically just believe the left's lie. Christianity is bad for the world. It is restricting the Puritans were the worst ever, and they did all these terrible things, and, and Christianity is, is the reason we have problems. And I think that has caused a lot of Christians to shut their mouths because they have no moral confidence. So I just want to encourage people. Th that is the farthest thing from the truth. It is so far from being true that, it, that it, it's, it's kind of laughable. And so I would say, no, the word of God is sure. The word of God is steadfast. Jesus Christ never changes yesterday, yeah. today, and forever. So build your life upon that, gain back your your moral confidence, and know that when you are speaking to the culture, that that is an act of love. Yep, yep. And and if they call you a domestic terrorist, it probably means you're right over the target. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's just a, what a crazy world we're living yeah, in, bro. Yeah. Um, John, where can people find uh, where to see Skillet on tour and uh, pre-order your book? Yeah, sure. Okay, a couple things. You can always listen to Skillet everywhere you listen to music, um, you know, um, and then you can find us online at Skillet Music. That's what our social media is if you're looking for that. We've got killer new music out. And um, also, if people want to know, once a week, every Monday, I release a podcast. It is called Cooper Stuff Podcast. Yeah. And um, – uh, my book, I, I have a book that's out now. You can get it on Amazon or you can go to my website, johnlcooper.com. The book is called Awake and Alive to Truth, and it is basically a theology primer, super easy. 12, 13, 14-year-old teenagers can read it and understand right. why we need to be saved. And uh, it's just a, it's basic theology and uh, parents will love it too. And then my new book comes out in December. And so find me on social media, John L. Cooper. Same with my website, johnlcooper.com. Love it. Awesome, John. Well, guys, go follow John and uh, catch some uh, rockin' music soon. Thanks, thanks for joining us today, brother. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the show today, guys. Head on over to iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Give the show rating and review. And give us a subscribe on Rumble, okay? YouTube's not being very friendly, so go to Rumble. Um, you can follow me at Seth Gruber Official and the White Rose Resistance at thewhiterose.life. If you want to get engaged with the White Rose Resistance as we're rebuilding Christian resistance of the Bride of Christ and the Church in America pushing back against the deeds of darkness where they live and exercising dominion in their fields and uprooting evil where they see it, then go to the White Rose life become an ally of the resistance to help us build an organization to punch back three times as hard against the culture of death give god a reason to show america mercy uh and be able to give an account to our children and grandchildren one day for what we did in these kairos times and kairos moment give john cooper and skillet a follow and until next week i'm seth gruber and this is unaborted <laughs>